We should not put our full choice in man, but our full choice should be in God. Root Your Trust in God, Part 2, The Power of Trust. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother and sister, you need the Word. <laughs> the open verse comes from Psalms 40, 40, verse 4. Psalms 40, verse 4, and it reads, Blessed is that man who maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such has turned aside to lies. The NIV reads, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. The title of my message today is called Root Your Trust in God. Part two, with two part series. Root your trust in God. Part two, subtitle: The Power of Trust. The Power of Trust. In part one, we we discussed the four elements of trust, which was truth, faith, obedience, and sacrifice. We touched upon those the importance of trusting and relying upon God. Now. We are going to examine the significance of trusting God and the power that is released into your life and can have a profound effect with your family, friends, even on a larger scale. Now, the power of trusting God the Father in its totality really involves fully surrendering your life daily with divine confidence that God will never leave you or forsake you. Now, to experience this power of trust, a few things must happen. Number one, God must be first in your life. Not my will, but your will be done concerning my life, concerning my family, concerning the things that I'm steward over. Number two, you must be able to relax and rest in the love of God. Relax. Let him handle things. Number three, it involves picking up your cross daily and walking with it. Number four, walking the road that leads to heaven. And five, choosing the righteous path according to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of paths that will be before us, but we must Listen and be still in the guidance of the Holy Spirit as we walk this road to heaven. The next one, you must see God in everything, every small things, every big things. You must see, begin to see God in everything. The next one, you must flee from evil and avoid the pitfalls of temptations. It will come. So we must be alert. Now, the power of trust now, when it comes to establishing relationships, trust is the main commodity that binds it together. When it involves family, friends, married couples, children, parents, business partners, 
among churches, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Trust is the main commodity. Even our profession, on our jobs, vocation, trust have a certain level that comes with the territory. We must be able to trust those around us, even in our work environment. However, because of our human nature, of course, our trust can be broken or we can break our trust. Whether it's intentional or unintentional, that can cause hurt, anger, and, and it can cause pain, especially in individuals, in groups. It can, it can cause uh, certain hurt and setback, especially when it's someone who's close to us, family members, the inner circle. When we feel betrayed or mistrust, the pain is even deeper. The wounds feel a little deeper. Therefore, we should not put our full trust in man, but our full trust should be in God. Why? Because God requires us to have a, a trust and love connection, unlike man. God requires us to have a love and trust connection toward him. Because God said, love him with all your heart. And he said to trust him with all your heart. This connection is simply because who he is. He deserves it. And he will get it. And he should get it, especially from his people. He wants to trust him and love him with all our hearts, as I mentioned. First John 4.19 says, We love him because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. Love and trust of another person can be circumstantial. For example, you can love a person but not trust them. Okay, and I'm giving you an example. You can love your fiance, but you may not trust them. And that's bring up a prenup. So you don't really, you love them, but you don't feel to trust them. That could be good or bad when you look at it. Or you can dislike a person, but yet you can trust them because they have proven trust. Let's go back to being on a job. We can trust Bubba to be on time. We can trust him to put his load, but that's all we need in that situation. We may not like a person, but we can trust him to get certain things done outside of our circle. Now, the thing about trust, trust can be rebuilt. It can be restored once damaged through the process of forgiveness, acknowledging your wrong with godly repentance. As we continue to get deeper into the power of trusting God, this power source of trust brings a dynamic boldness of confidence into our prayer life, giving us the assurance that God hears our prayer without a doubt and even elevates our praise and worship. Hebrews 4, 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us keep our mind that without trust in God, it is hard to pray. Without prayer or without fervent prayer, it is hard to trust God. Once again, without trust in God, it is hard to pray. Without prayer, it's hard to trust in God. It is God who gives us the seed of trust. He places the seed of trust in our hearts that we may die to our old nature 
It begins to grow into the character of Christ. But it must be cultivated. It must be nourished, saturated. Our spirit with the word of God must connect. Our spirit, word of God, must connect in this trust. Now, he grows our trust mainly through what? Adversities, life burdens, long sufferings, and by those no way out situations that only he can deliver. That's how a trust is established. I'm going to pause for a few seconds here. So I'm just have a ask a few questions here. So I just have a couple questions and we'll go through it. I want you to think about it. Why should we trust God? Why should we trust God? Now, there are many reasons that we should trust God, of course. Because His goodness, His kindness, His grace, His mercy, His involvement in our life, our protection, the list goes on and on and on. We have seen life. We have seen it from many perspectives. God allowed us to come into this realm to see life. But today, we're going to focus on not only life, but the transition from this life. God give us only hope to everlasting life in Christ Jesus. He gave us eternal life to a place called heaven. Romans 6, 23 reads, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, we trust him with this life because we must trust him in this life, but we also trust him in the resurrection. The resurrections. We don't really talk about that a lot. We've seen people, our loved ones, transition. We will transition from this earth. But we must give him thanks in advance for the process of resurrection. As he did for Christ, he would do for us, do for you, do for me. Remember, a little nugget here. Remember, if we are born twice, we will die once. However, if we are born once, we will die twice. Everybody got it? Let me back this thing up. If we are born twice, we will die once. If we are born once, we will die twice. How is that? Okay, we were born from a lady's womb. We was reborn, rebirthed in Christ Jesus. And we will, what? We will die. But, if you are born once and never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, you will die, leave this body, and you will die in Revelation in the lake of fire. It reads, I'm going to read it to you. Revelation 20:14 says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. So you would die twice without God. To be separated from God is death. So everybody got it? A right, little nugget to throw at, the, at you. And to go further, and it reads, and let's go further. Death and grave would not hold us. We trust that an absent from this body will be present with the Lord. But trust, once again, begins here on earth. Because he is our life, and our life is in him. The next question I must ask. Who are you truly trusting? Who are you truly trusting as a follower of Jesus Christ? Is it the world, system, politicians, material 
things, your intellect, your money. Some people, as a Christian, refusing to even give back into the house of God, refusing to get that portion which he divinely has directed you to do because of your trust or lack of trust thereof. Now, if your trust is rooted in the things of God, you will grow and reap a harvest of love, peace, mercy, favor, and grace. On the flip side, if you are rooted in the world things, worldly things, you will reap a harvest of pride, anxiety, unfulfilled satisfaction, greed, lust, and uncertainty with your eternal soul. And this is because we were born in sin and we were rooted in sin. And it's up to God to unroot us and place us on his holy ground. Now, God wants us to know that he is trustworthy. He wants to show you that he's trustworthy. And also to make you trustworthy as a follower of Jesus Christ. And that's the reason is for, for his plans and purposes that he has for your life. And for you to experience a more deeper revelation in your walk with him. He does this by what is known as the three building blocks of trust. The three building blocks of trust. And they are learning, earning, and training. Learning, earning, and training. Trust must be learned. Trust must be earned. Trust must be trained. Let's look into the learning portion of it. Learning to trust God. And this involves meditation on the word of God, seeking his ways. Proverbs 9, 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy understanding. Proverbs 9, 10. Also, you must, must watch, you must Pray, you must obey. You must spend quality time with God. Okay, earning. Earning God trust. Earning God trust. Now this involves servanthood. God said good and faithful with servant. That's what the earning process is about. His grace is sufficient to carry us through those earning process. The word says without faith. And without works, it is dead. That's in James chapter 2. Faith without works is dead. And we must obey the voice of God. It's the earning process. And this leads to the preparation and purpose that he has for us. So we are in the earning process. These things that we must do to earn our trust with God. Number three, training, the training process. Training to be trusted of God. This involved battle-tested. This is called the battlefield, the spiritual warfare. Putting on the full arm of God, as in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 talks about. You must remember that God is our general. Life challenges and difficulties will come because what? Because our Jewish sergeant is there, sent by God through these adversities to grow our faith and trust in God. This is our spiritual boot camp. So this is the training process. In this process also, your faithfulness must be tested. 
He wants to show you more of him in those training grounds that he set forth in our spiritual boot camps. Now, for example, concerning the learning, the earning, and the training process, Apostle Paul was an example. Apostle Paul, he learned the word and the ways of God. Elder, he was persecuting the church. God took him, began to mold him, began to teach him. And God gave him also deep revelation through Christ Jesus, learning the ways of God. Apostle Paul had to earn his trust not only with God, but with the Christians. Those Christians that heard about him going out and persecuting the church. He had to regain that trust. He had to earn that trust. And he did. And Apostle Paul was trained by God. And he was trained by God for a reason of establishing the church. His mission, his training mission was to establish the church. And also Moses. Moses. I look at Moses and Israelites. Moses and Israelite left Egypt. God put him in the wilderness to begin to teach them the laws, the old covenant. Israelite had to be still for almost 40 some years till they got it right. There were some difficulties in that learning process, as we know. Disobedience was part of it. But God was still teaching them the laws, the precepts, those things to come, who he was and who he is and is to come. They had to earn their position of obedience and preparation to enter the promised land through tactical training. So this was a combination there. So the whole thing with the Israelites and with Moses leading them, with the learning and the earning process, earning was teaching them for the victory that he promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, preparing them for the promised land. And when it comes to Jesus and his disciples, this was firsthand. Disciples, they learned from Jesus. They had a hand on. They walked with Jesus. They observed all the miracles, the signs and wonders. They saw him teach the people, teaching the temple, setting still time for them, to teach them, to show them they had hands-on with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. The disciples had to, what, earn Jesus' trust. When Jesus saw that they came to a point of maturity, the Bible speaks about him sending them out by twos, sending them out in pairs to go and do the will of the Father that he sent them to do, the earning process. And in the early process, they got them to a promotion of apostles. So the process was carried through. When it comes to the training with the disciples, disciples spent three years on the Jesus leadership. Like I said, they had hands-on training. And they was empowered by the Holy Spirit, validating their position as true followers in the book of Acts. Now, in conclusion, I want to ask another question. Now, God wants to elevate your level of trust. So, on a spiritual scale of 1 to 10, 1 to 10, where would you grade your trust level? Where would you grade your trust level at this point in your life? Some of you have been walking with God for a few decades. So, 
Some of you may say, I don't even know what my level of trust is in God. Well, I can admonish you, just sit still and ask God, well, what's my trust level between one and ten? Am I an eight, nine? hope I'm not a three. You know, that's excellent. You know, well, I'm at my trust factor. I mean, when you're walking with God, he's going to test the trust, the trust factor. Just something to think about, ponder about, to see where your trust is at. Because we've all been tested. We've been all been battlefield tested. And we are still going through the process. Trusting in God, the power of trust, the power that releases us to a point of freedom, to a point of expectation, to a point of dependence on God. God wants us to trust him with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and all that strength. I know he said to love him as well, but that trust factor and that love connection, I believe, go together. Because to truly love God is to really trust God. And it, like I said before, it's God who brings us until that point that we must trust him. Throughout the whole Bible, the battlefields that Joshua and Moses, when he prepared them to go into the promised land, it was all about do you trust me to go against those armies that is greater than you, that's larger than you? Are you ready? Can you trust me to lead you and guide you? God showed them him. He showed them signs and wonders. The pit of cloud by day, the fire by night. He was there, all in totality, showing them that you can trust me. But yet, somehow, fear can set in. So, the power of trust and the total surrender to God can drive out fear, can drive out worry and doubt, and lead your anxieties to the side. Because God said what? Do not fear. Do not be anxious for anything. And that can only happen if we can get to the point of true trust. The power of trust. All right, this concludes my message for today. I pray that each and every one of you learn something, something that you can take back and ponder on, meditate on. Thank you for joining me today at Brothers of the Word because brother and sister, you need the Word. Amen, amen. All right. Everybody learn something tonight? All right. All right, would you please bow your head for a word of prayer? Oh, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you, Lord God, for allowing me to be up here to teach what you've given me, to send a message of trust, to trust him again, that he will never leave you nor forsake you, to trust his word, to trust that his eyes is upon us. I thank you, Lord God, for the ones who show up tonight, for those who are not here was unable to make it, we pray that the message will also bless them, bless their hearts. Thank you, Lord God, for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness, your favor, and your protection. And today, Lord, I just declare healing upon each person, upon their family. In Jesus' name, amen. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was part two of the series titled, Root Your Trust in God, subtitled, The Power of Trust, by Ringo Johnson.
This message is number 6622. That's 6622. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 6622 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the Word. Well, brothers of the word.